everybody. Welcome to Midnight Radio. I'm your host, Jerry Adams. We got, got some account, an account of something to cover today. Let me explain that to you. I think I talked to you about it on our last time we met. We're broadcasting live right now on our website, Midnight Radio. That is midnightrad.io. Midnightrad.io. I'm going to be posting a schedule soon. And man, it's so good to be able to actually have a solid schedule here on the radio. I'm going to tell you right now, that's going to make a big difference. It's a miracle that couldn't happen if I hadn't decaffeinated myself. I'm going to go into that after I tell you this account of someone I interviewed a couple days ago. It has to do with the consumption of psychedelics, DMT, and experiencing the other side. And a little bit of philosophy too, I should say, and a little bit of reality. We can go over that today. I really want to tell you about this process of decaffeinating myself right now. It is very early right here in the studios. I'm broadcasting to you. But I feel better than I have in years. My mind, my body, and I think my soul, just from just from decaffeinating myself and literally it was decaffeinating my whole body because I was drinking maybe like three pots of coffee a day. We're talking about a lot of coffee, not a little bit. And there's negative side effects, but the positive side effects way outweigh it. And the negative effects are temporary, kind of like life, I guess. I'm going to go ahead and go into the story here. So I personally do not have experience with psychedelics or drugs at all. I just never been interested in it because I guess the main reason is I always had something I had to do, some place I had to be. And I was more interested in that than doing some kind of substance that altered me. I had no need to alter myself. I'm, I'm not saying people don't or there's something wrong with that. I'm just saying that I didn't in that case. Whatever the case may be, I, I don't have experience with tripping. But I've always been interested in it. I do have education experience and dmt a bit a bit i would not consider myself anywhere near an expert and i'd like to interview any of you guys that are if you have stories about things you've seen during dmt hallucinations or if you want to call our life the hallucination and the dmt more real then you could my point is i'm not making fun of you i'm not belittling it i'm not belittling his story I'm not saying it's not valid. Let me get that clear. My my focus, my interest is is on the account and the honesty of it, and I believe he was nothing but honest about his account of it. So there's no other reason that I'm relaying it to you. I thought I've seen this pattern before in my studies, and one person is very good to study on this, and you you can believe his conclusions or not, is Terrence McKenna. And I'm going to remember to put a link to that in the show notes of this because he had, it's called the Terrence McKenna 
experience and he he had a YouTube channel where he has some of these things he talks about and it's similar to what this man is what he told me in his account which I'm going to go into right now he said he was in a marijuana grow room and as he was sitting there in the main grow room he decided to take something called DMT. Now, DMT isn't the same. And correct me if I'm wrong, please. Let me give you the phone number. Phone number is 325-261-0892. Have you tripped? Was it good? Was it bad? I want to hear your story. I do. Send me an email. Midnightrad.io101 at gmail.com. That is midnightrad.io101 at gmail.com. Phone number is 325-261-0892. 325-261-0892. Now, from my understanding, DMT is not the same as acid. DMT is derived, if I'm not mistaken, from a plant from... Uh, peyote and uh, an acid is derived from a mushroom so it's not the same chemical composition it has some of the same effects but even Terrence McKenna for him the magic was in DMT not the other way around so some of their experiences are similar so he was sitting there in a chair a metal folding chair looking at the ocean of weed before him, growing under the lights. He pops a DMT. Then before he knew it, it felt like his body was floating, flowing away, and he was just consciousness. And he said the first thing he saw, standing there in the doorway, peeping his head across, was a gray alien. But he said the gray aliens weren't actually gray. They were actually perfectly white. But nonetheless, they were gray aliens. And he looked at the wallpaper, which was now a wallpaper. It wasn't before on the walls. And he saw it. He saw gray alien faces, gray aliens, their faces popping out of all the walls in the middle of that wall. He saw a vortex, and the vortex was swirling into a void of infinity, as far as he knew. And one of the gray aliens reached his hands through, grabbed him forcefully, pulled him into this vortex, and he said that the journey was very, very long. He wasn't sure how or where or if he went to another star system or what, but he said it was extremely long. Before he began telling me this account, he made sure he said this. He said, everything I experienced and everything I thought and every place I was, this was like a studying course and it took the length of 10 years, 10 years years of time but it passed by in 10 minutes so when 
I came back, he said. It was, it's hard to put into words. He goes, I don't know if there's words for it or it's my brain processing it, but it's extremely hard. So he got pulled into this vortex and he was traveling to a different place. And when he arrived there, it was much like a giant factory, a giant building. He goes, and in this place, it was digital. And I asked him, I go, what do you mean digital? You mean like high tech and lots of lights blinking and stuff? He goes, no. He goes, it looked like a digital photograph. It looked pixelated. Everything looked pixelated. I thought that was really interesting. So he said he went to this one room, and in this room, there was a near infinite number of gray aliens sitting in a console, if you will. And instead of a view screen, what they had was a crystal ball. He said it was like a crystal, a big, big crystal ball in front of them. And on this crystal ball, they, you know, could see the pictures of whatever it is they were operating or whatever it is they were controlling. He said, and there was one, for example, that was controlling all the animals. He said there was one that was controlling the weather. There was one that was controlling the seasons. There was one that was controlling every aspect of our reality here in our dimension. And he said he went up to this one gray alien, and this gray alien was telling him that he was in charge of perception. Perception meaning your view of reality. He was in control of that. He was in control of the illusion of you having free will. All that was an illusion. This is what the gray alien told him. The only... He said, the gray alien said that we're all connected, we're all energy. And not only are we connected, we are all that energy. We're like a spark from an electrical current. And these sparks from the electrical current... The only way that we are individuals because we're not is because we believe we are, and that is our perspective. That is our uh, belief. And because we believe that, therefore, it seems to us like we are, but we're not. We're not real. We don't really have choices. We really don't have free will. And that's his job. That, that's what he does. He controls this illusion. Our reality does not exist. When we die, we can know that there we we've done our purpose, what we were meant to do, and we go back to the energy. That simple. He said that 
When he came back from this experience, he began crying. Because of the beauty of what he experienced and because of the great relief he felt. Knowing that his reality was an illusion, a perception, controlled by an alien or an entity. But that in his mind it negated anything bad he'd ever done in his life and anything he ever would do. He no longer held any responsibility because he could know like his sins were forgiven because they never really existed because it was all an illusion. Everything that ever happened to him, this is, these are the things that he was intended to experience as a part of the energy, good or bad. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I if you go on my YouTube, which maybe you have, and that's how you know about this broadcast right here, that's how you know about me, then you'll see a video up there about when I met God and Jesus. I met God and Jesus on two separate occasions. I met Jesus first, before I was born, and then I met God. Now, you could say, well, just the very fact alone that I was in some other dimension when I met both these individuals. For Jesus, I was in heaven. For God, I was outside of the earth. I wasn't in heaven that I know of. It's more like the principal's office is what it felt like. You can see a similarity there. But when I talk to both God and Jesus, and I'm talking to I talk to them like I'm talking to you, except now these are very short, short conversations. I might have said three sentences to Jesus and he might have said two or three to me. And the same with God. But it was a conversation. They were I'm telling you. God is a person. Jesus is a person. They're an individual. They really exist. They have, uh, they maintain a spatial relationship in the dimension that they're in. Wherever they're at right now, I'm telling you that they're real. And you, everybody's going to meet Jesus. I don't know if everybody meets God. I don't know. But I'm just telling you what I do know. I'm telling you that it's real. It is real. And when you meet them, you will know it's real. But this man who gave me his account, this man that I interviewed, he knew that what he experienced was real too. And I'm not here to say it wasn't. Matter of fact, I think it was real. But when Jesus and God talked to me, and only God could do this, the conversation on their side, what they said to me, were verses from the Bible. I later, and this is before I read the Bible. When I met Jesus, it was before I read the Bible. And the information God gave me was a direct explanation, or not like an explanation, like I demanded an explanation. But I asked him a question about something I didn't understand, and he told he, he told me once I still didn't understood, I still didn't understand, and I asked him if he could clarify, and he did. And these were both with verses from the actual Bible. which later I knew when you actually read this Bible, it says to test the spirits, to test anything 
in another dimension or that it's a spirit or even that it says it's God and talks to you to test what they say against the words of the Bible. It, and God is self-verifying. Matter of fact, the word I am means I am. It's a verification for who he is. It's really the only person that can say that. But yeah, he, he verified himself by himself by the words in the Bible. And you know that this, this what he said is from God and the fact that he could have a conversation in words that were already written in a book and yet it be a new conversation to you is amazing in itself. I told, I talked in the last episode, the last time we were together and the time before that about the deceptions of the devil and how recently I've come across the evidence as I do these investigation and did these horrific things that Satan is directly behind that one of the things he does to people in the new age movement is spread confusion. And it was no different than this man. And the way he does that is the same thing. This gray alien thing said to him. And I, well, I'm going to tell you right now, I believe it was a demon. It was absolutely a demon from what it actually said, verifying it and what it said yeah, it's very demonic. It, it it attacked relig it attacked the number one gift of God. There's two gifts that are amazing. And one is the gift of free will. And this free will, you can do what you want to. You know, you choose. You are a person, you're an individual who can make a choice. Now you can choose to do good, and these are words from the Bible, or you can choose to do bad there's consequences for being bad here on earth and in the afterlife but it is your absolute choice and you're going to personally be held accountable and it's not that you're not made in god's image or his breath of life is in you but he gave it to you as a gift that is you he made you and it is your choice now nobody can Nobody on their own is good enough to not sin in some way. And the punishment for any sin is eternal death, right? So that's why he sent Jesus to satisfy that, that requirement of punishment. That is if you believe that he died for your sins so that you can be blameless. If you believe God, and believing God is what gives you a life with God. It's a relationship, believing him. And he's telling you that he sent his son for you to cover up those sins and be blameless in his eyes and be with him. And Jesus, it meant so much to them, to God. Since the moment he gave you free will, he knew about Jesus and what was going to happen. This costs God everything, God everything. This costs God everything who had everything, who was going to make everything. This costs God everything. How demonic is to say you don't have free will, thus illusion a man in a chair in front of a screen creates? No, it's not true. It's a lie. You know what? Also, 
who was I talking to? Oh, I was talking online to the to a guy in the chat room or not the chat room on YouTube in the comment section where he said nobody can really know. Let me tell you this, brothers, sisters, when you're standing in front of God, you know it's God and you are afraid. But God told me, don't be afraid. You're not in trouble. I'm like, okay, okay. Oh my God. Okay. Whoo. You knew he was telling the truth. You know, everything God says is truth. You feel it. You know, he is truth. Everything he says is verified by everything he's ever said. You can't comprehend the truth, the love, the humor coming from this person. Coming from this person. And he's on your side. God is on your side. And there's he's God. He's made everything. He knows everything. You think you, you, you're too bad and you can't talk to him and you can't have a relationship with him because you're too unholy and dirty. And you're right, but you got to realize it's not about money and he has no ego because he can do everything, anything that can, you can't even imagine. And he loves you so much. He gave everything he had, his most important thing, his relationship with his son, his son. That's how important you are. And because you're tripping on some kind of medication, which gives the demons the legal authority to mess with you because you're outside of the will of God and direct disobedience, that's how they get permission. And that's how they did this. What do they attack? They didn't attack gummy bears. No. They didn't attack hurricanes. They didn't attack Captain Crunch. They attacked what? Free will. And the belief in Jesus Christ and God, you don't need them. They don't exist. Come on. And they did what? They spread confusion. So your mind is altered from the reality. I'm telling you this right now. That stuff you read in that Bible is real. It is real. Everybody's going to know that. And it's the same attack. Well, you can't really know this. Yeah, there was a Jesus, but, you know, and this is from Christians that have told me this thing that really irks me. Well, yeah, there's there's a Bible and Jesus is in it, but you know what? They changed the translation in the Council of Nicaea, and then they had the, the, the one in Constantinople, and King James was a really bad dude. I'm like, hey, and I've had the same conversation with non-believers and uh, new people in the New Age movement. You're like, hey, do you believe in a God? The New Age movement, they always say, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in some form, you know, this God is, okay, well, hold on. You believe there's some kind of God. That's good. So, I don't know. This is a God, like, he's the most powerful being or individual, right? And they're like, yeah, you know. So, like, he made everything? And they're like, well, yeah, you know. Of course, they think it was made in a different way than other people, but that's fine. And I said, okay, well, do you think he had the power to write a book? And they were like, well, yeah, I got, technically, I guess so. And I go, would he have a power to have what he wants in that book, in that book? And they said, well, yeah, let me tell you, there is a God. He is real. He is most powerful. And he wrote a book. And if you look in that book and you read that book, and 
people say, well, he was a mean God. He did this and he had judgments and he created the flood and he kicked Adam and Eve out of the garden. And there was a tower of Babel where he confused their voices. Let's not forget Gomorrah. And then Jesus, he was mean sometimes too. He took a whip and he beat people and he was in the porch of the Gentiles in the, in the, um, temple of the Jews. And he knocked everybody out and, you know, ran them out and, and then there's that whole revelation thing he's going to do. And I'll say to that, yes, that is the same God. And for this very reason, whenever there was a judgment in the Bible and the judgment to come in Revelation is when Jesus Christ himself comes back. Man has free will and God does not step in. All those bad things that happen, that's because of you are an individual with free will. And Satan influences you because you give him permission through the, doing the things you shouldn't be doing. They're called, that's called sin, and that gives him the legal permission to mess with you. We had a bunch of news stories yesterday where there's people being beheaded and murdered. I'm telling you, Satan influences that through people who are actively in disobedience to God. And he's able to do that legally through sin, and that's what he's doing. But you're responsible for it, not God. God is the one that put an end to it. Let me tell you this. God is not going to win. Jesus is not going to win. He already did. That point is already over. So that sin, that way that Satan has a connection to you, that's already dealt with if you accept it. People don't believe that God has the power to have a book and whatever is in that. The message delivered to that man was very... Matter of fact, it's the definition of Antichrist, right? You don't need Christ. You don't need a Savior. There's nothing to be saved from. You don't have free will. There's no God that loves you. We're all a part of this energy. We're all God. Bull crap. God is a person, and he knows you, and he loves you. There's nothing that you can do, as bad as you think you are, that he doesn't know. And he is in deep hunger for your companionship, for your love. And he's not a fair God. He's not fair at all. Because he goes way above and beyond in everything he does. It's very, it's a, gosh, it's a really one-sided love. And those that don't believe him, he spends extra and extra, extra time with He's not very fair to himself. He doesn't have the power to have a book out. In all those cases where there was judgment, it came to the point on earth by man's will that the message of God, the word of God, wasn't getting out. It came to a point where, boom, 100%, no word, and he came down. He kicked him out of the Garden of Eden. He flooded the earth. There's a Tower of Babel, which was an ancient religion that didn't have God in it. He's like, no. He snaps his fingers over. When it comes to that point, from your free will, that's when you do not have the right to. You don't have the right to do this. No right is given. That is not a gift given to you. 
is to stop the word of God. And that's what they're trying to do right now. That is what they're trying. Look at the COVID restrictions. Look, look at that was just a taste of it. They can do that with religion. They can say, well, these are the people that cause this stuff. Look, you're going to start, you're going to start seeing it. Some people are going to be alarmed like some of us were at the COVID restrictions and people agreed to shut their churches down. People agreed to not go anywhere. People agreed to take these shots and it's going to be the same with the COVID restrictions and the mark. It's the same thing. I'm not saying the mark of the beast is COVID restrictions or the vaccine, but I will say it's going to be like that. There's some of us that know you can't escape the love of God. He doesn't force himself on you, but let me tell you this, it's there. He desires a relationship with you above and beyond your sins. He gave everything he had because he knew it. I think the greatest disciple was the disciple that showed the greatest love of God, the reflection of it. So we're in the image of God. We're not God. So whatever reflects God's love, God's grace back, that is the greatest person. And that was Judas Iscariot. Because Judas betrayed Jesus in every way. There's a friend of mine, a brother, who likes to get in arguments with people in the comment sections about these matters that we're discussing right now. And he's not wrong, and they are. But regardless, it's the way he deals with them that makes me uncomfortable. And I'm not saying he's wrong, but I am saying it makes me uncomfortable. Because, yes, we are called to call out false doctrine. Is that's not what I'm doing now of, you know, calling this out and what came up in my life, my research, but not to antagonize it and to belittle the people. They're, they're deceived just like we all were at one time, you know? So I'm not, I'm not comfortable with that. That's not my, my, not my way. And this was at the last supper and Jesus told everybody that the person who betrayed him was going to be the next one to dip his bread in the sop. And it was Jesus, and Jesus looked him right in the eye when he did it. And he said, I think he called him Satan. You know, Satan, do what you're going to do, but do it quickly. And then when Jesus was in the garden and Judas came up with the Roman soldiers to arrest Jesus, he said he would show them who he is by going up to him and giving him a kiss, and he came up to Jesus and said, Master, Master. And, he, and Jesus said, Hello, friend. Judas kissed him on the cheek, and they arrested Jesus and put him to death. Je- Jesus was being literal with what he said. And when Jesus calls you friend, you would know it. You would feel it when he said that. So we all know that Judas got the got the money. It was it silver or gold? Thirty pieces of silver, I think. Nevertheless, he committed suicide. And you'd have to think that he would have thought back to the time he betrayed Jesus and realized that um well Jesus called me friend. 
out of all that Jesus taught him, he didn't learn about the forgiveness of God, which is what I'm telling you now. This very important thing, the forgiveness of God, means that it, that means everything to him. It is a big present. I mean, it's it's indescribable how one person becoming a believer is a celebration in heaven and to God. Maybe that's why he's always he's humorous. But Jesus or Judas rather betrayed Jesus. This could be this is the worst thing ever, right? You think this this is probably the dirtiest sin to God. But his sin wasn't bigger than God's ability to forgive him. His sin wasn't bigger than the gift that God, or the sacrifice that God made to forgive it. Judas could have asked for forgiveness. He was heartbroken, but he didn't ask forgiveness. He could have asked for forgiveness and been forgiven, which was important. And Judas would have went out to the Gentiles saying, hey, let me tell you about sin. Let me tell you about God's ability for, to forgive. I still have a relationship with Jesus when I'm the one that had him killed. It would have been amazing. But instead of that, the disciples casted lost to figure out who the, the, new, the new disciple would be, and it fell on someone else that was an upstanding citizen, someone they would have picked, and... They picked him, but then a few days later, Jesus met on the road to Damascus, Saul of Tarsus, who was going around giving the legal authority from the Jews and the evidence to the Rome, to Rome, to have people killed and stoned to death. He had several believers murdered, and he stood there while they were being murdered and looked at them being murdered, and he was happy about it. So... Jesus came up to him on the road to Damascus, and he said, Saul, why do you persecute me? And that is what Judas did. The difference is Paul realized who Jesus was and begged for forgiveness, and he took up that role being the 12th disciple. And he reflected the love of God through the sin, the sinner he was. And he preached the gospel, and he believed. This is a time in the church when everybody's being persecuted, the time we're going through now, and it's coming, it's going to be greater. You watch. You watch. Well, you're going to be persecuted if you're on the right side of this, which is the narrow way. Everywhere doesn't lead to heaven. There's one way, and the way is believing in God, that he sent his son to die to give you the pardon of your sins so that you can be with God forever. That is the truth. That is the one way. If you don't believe in Jesus, you don't believe in God, you're not going to be there. That's your choice. But it is as simple as that. We're not one energy. We were created by one God, but we are individuals. We are absolutely individuals. And we're accountable. We are absolutely accountable for your actions, for what you do. And there's consequences on the earthly realm and with the demonic dimension who have the authority to attack you in little ways or big ways when you're outside of 
what the rights of what you should be doing, right? You know, the Ten Commandments, lying, cheating, stealing, coveting, you know, oh, there's, it goes on and on. There's more than Ten Commandments, but yeah, all I'm telling you, all this stuff is real. Thank you for tuning in. I didn't mean to get preachy. These aren't things I believe. They're things I've known. I know they're things I experience. But if you came here to listen to this, that is what you're here for. We're going to continue our investigations. If you have experience in tripping on acid or DMT and you've experienced these gray aliens that many, many, many people have. And maybe you are going to in the future. Let me tell you this right now. You test these spirits. Test the spirits. Until next time, good night and God bless.